And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Hey, final show of the year for me. And I hope you're having a great, great year end and wonderful holiday season. Uh, we've been enjoying all the lights driving around with my, my little guy. Uh, I've got some guests in town uh, showing them the, 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 the North Texas environment, the lights. It's bitterly cold, <laughs> unusually for us. So, um, And unfortunately for today, my my planned guest had to cancel. Well, she got the flu. It's that time of year and lost her voice. And well, this is radio, and if your voice isn't working, guess what? That doesn't that doesn't fly. So we we've had to have a a change of plans. So what I'm going to do instead is I do have a guest, and I'm going to take you through what I'm calling a virtual interview. Why is it virtual? Well, my house guest, my sister, is in town from Florida. And I sat down ahead of the show, kind of last minute, and just had a conversation with her. Uh, she's not going to come on the air. She's she's a little too shy for that, I guess. But uh, we talked about real estate. And some of the things that we discussed may, may be on your mind as well when it comes to, to investing. Some myths, for, for example, some misperceptions and and some right ideas as well so we're going to go through that interview in the first uh, couple of segments or so and then in the latter part of the show i want to wrap up our conversation from the prior week we we talked if you missed last week's show we talked about one facet of getting ready for the coming year for 2023 i think it's going to be a great year to invest and specifically, we talked about getting to cash. You're going to need cash in hand in order to invest, whether it's apartments or houses. And we, we, we dove into detail into that, but I've got a few other topics as far as preparations go that I want to get to with you. And we'll talk a little bit about goals. How did we perform? This is a great time to look back and, and great time to look forward. And I'll share with you. I'll tell you, hey, back in January, I told you, hey, here, here's some of my real estate goals. I'll let you know how we did as a family we we didn't perform across the board but we beat some boy big time so let's start with that with that interview so i'm just gonna i had a lot of questions that i prepped and and and, and worked through with her who is my sister maybe, maybe that's an important question to start with so you know first and foremost she is not she is not a real estate investor she's never done any of this stuff that we talk about on this show now i've been investing for 10 years I've known her for over 40 years. She's a little bit, few years younger than I am. So she picks up a little bit of, of what we do as we have our calls, phone calls regularly. But really the bulk of our conversation tends to be, she'll ask me at some point in, in the conversation, well, how many, how many houses do you have now? And I'll, I'll throw out whatever that, that number is. That's usually it. So I don't, I don't really, you know, we, we, we've talked about it over the years. I've tried to tell her, hey, here are the benefits, et cetera. But that's kind of where we are now. So not an investor. Actually, she she's just she works and she works in a swamp in in Florida. She works literally in a swamp for a non-profit uh, organization as a 
land manager. It's actually very cool. Uh, she'll post pictures to social media, knee-deep in water with big snakes, walking down a path or in a, in a swamp buggy with, with alligators. She said the biggest one she saw was 14 feet. Can you imagine standing in the water with a 14-foot alligator? I cannot. I don't want to go there. People think real estate is scary. I think that's scary. <laughs> so, But she's in town for a few weeks for the holidays, so we sat down and I picked her brain. And you know, what did she know or not know about rental investing? What perceptions or misperceptions did she have? And we started with the very most basic question. What, what is your, what do you, when I say the word landlord, Allison, that's her name. When I say the word landlord, Allison, what do you, what comes to mind? What do you think about? What is your perception? What did she fire back with almost immediately? Not landlord, but slumlord horror stories. Those people that own rental property and don't take care of the property, don't take care of their tenants. And this is, in fact, she's not unique in this perception. This is a very common perception out there. And, and I'm going to label this a misperception in this case. Yes, there are people that are poor operators. Yes, there are people that I would call slumlords out there. But if you're following a model like the Lifestyles Unlimited model, if you're doing it right, you're not a slumlord. You're, you're a good operator. You, you do take care of your property. You do take care of your residents because this is a business and I want to have a long-term relationship. I explained that to her. Um, but, but that's what most people think about on the landlord side. And of course, she then said, and, and I also think about the horror stories of those terrible, noxious, venomous, Remember, she works in a swamp. Venomous tenants. One house may, in Texas anyhow, may create anywhere from $200 to $500 per month in net income in profit that I retain. And that's a big thing. And if I'm trying to replace my income and attain financial freedom, what do I need to do? Well, I just need to accrue enough houses, build up a big enough portfolio that that passive income meets my monthly expenses. That's all we do. It's that, it really is that simple. Now, I know you're thinking 10 houses, well, no way. Um, it's a process, and you can become educated, and you'll find that it is very easy to repeat. It is very repeatable. But just adding one house can create that additional income. And, and then she went on, and she added something else that I was very happy to hear as well. And, and I didn't prompt her in any of this. It's just a conversation. I just asked a broad, open question and waited. And she said, it's houses, rental property are less volatile than stocks, and you have more control. Ding, ding, ding. She was right on the money there as well. If you've been watching around the holiday season and with the inflation read and everything else that's coming out on, on the economic data points, the markets go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. If you don't watch your 401k account, good for you. You probably sleep a little better. But if you do, it's all over the place. It's very volatile. And you have no control. And she is absolutely right. My houses are not volatile like that. And I retain the control. Even if I have a property manager, if you want to put a property manager into place, you still have the ultimate control over that portfolio. Whether you buy, whether you sell, whether you release, what do you do? What kind of improvements? That's up to you. You are in the driver's seat there. You make the decision. So she was absolutely right. Now, one thing she missed, she focused when I said, why do you think most people buy rental property? She, she, she clued in on the cash flow, essentially, we, we talk about on the show. And we talked about this on last week's show, the big why, from a financial perspective, why you should invest in real estate. Cash flow, big one, right there. But there are four other ways with our houses that we make money. She, she missed those. That's, those are all the equity plays that we see, the equity capture when we buy a house that is distressed and needs, needs repairs. 
that's the 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 equity buffer can be 10 20 30 40 50 60 thousand dollars that i create essentially out of thin air by applying a robust process and 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 rehabbing that house buying right and fixing it up equity capture there's the equity buildup as the residents pay down the mortgage for me and appreciation and of course tax advantages so a little bit more nuances to that to that asset class cash flow for most people though is is the biggest thing at the outset that's why we my wife and I started buying a decade ago was for cash flow not so much for the equity side and I went on I said okay cash flow good and I asked her have you Allison, have you, have you ever thought about buying a rental property? And she said, yeah, you know, I actually have. And, and, and her reasoning, again, was for the passive income. Again, she works for a nonprofit, and if you know anything about nonprofits, um, they don't pay real well, and her salary's not great. In fact, she said at one point she was working four, not, not, not two, not three, but four different jobs. Um, she needed more cash flow, and she recognized and has thought about this as as an avenue to get to that cash flow but she didn't do it she, she she didn't go that direction and i asked her why what's what's holding you back and here here i got a laundry list i got, I got a literal laundry list of reasons why she could not invest in real estate you probably have your own laundry list of reasons why you can't invest in real estate and if you just start checking off that laundry list you're gonna say forget about it it's, that's just too hard that's just too much I can't it doesn't make sense but if you step back maybe enumerate that list and then start to break that list down you may figure out it's you know a lot of this is unfounded the first thing she said was well where I live it's 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 too expensive she's on the Gulf Coast of Florida She's just got a bad perception of that location. Interestingly, just a couple weeks ago, I had one of our national mentors on the program, Rick, and he moved from from the Dallas-Fort Worth area to not too far from her in the the Tampa area. And he's buying a couple of houses in Central Florida. So she has a, a perception of the area as not good for investing. But here we know at least one investor, I do, that is buying there. A good buddy of mine bought a couple houses not too far from her as well, in fact, so... You may have a perception of your area that's not quite right. And if the area is, in fact, not quite right, that's okay. We talk about, um, we talk about on the show all the time, I, as somebody that travels a lot, live where you want, invest where it makes sense. So even if the Gulf Coast of Florida was bad for her, well, there are other places where you can buy. Another one of our national mentors lived in Miami, bought in Houston. Miami doesn't make sense. Houston did. So can you be a real estate investor if that area where you live doesn't make sense? Yes, you can. Her list went on HOAs. There are a lot of HOAs where she is hard to work with. That's true. Not everywhere has an HOA. Debt, lack of education. That was a big one she mentioned. And a lot of you have a lack of education around real estate investing. That's why your laundry list is as long as it is. And as you become educated, you'll start to draw a line through some of those, those bullet points some of those bullet points that you've put up as a as a, a, a an objection to investing as you become educated as you learn more about what we do and how we do it as real estate investors so I'll agree lack of education is a is a very big problem and then very concrete to her, her area hurricanes yeah her, we just mentioned hurricane Ian that that can be an issue she's right right on the coast so maybe you don't buy right on the coast in fact our mentor Rick said the central part of Florida so th- there can be some nuances to to each market, but like we said, you don't have to live where you invest. But she has those hurdles. There is that 
laundry list and you have that laundry list as well. Sit down, enumerate those, and figure out if you can at least scratch a couple of those off your list. It starts with education, though. That's going to really get you over those hurdles. Let's come back after a quick break. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Right now, we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing and it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it, although in the back of their minds, they know it. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you, but some people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals and you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. Join us for the free online workshop, and we'll show you how to be in the right place at the right time in any market cycle. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Again, that's LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Listening to Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. Now, here's your host. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. And on today's show, I've got a what I'm calling a virtual guest. I had I conducted an interview off air with my sister. She's in town for the holidays. She's not an investor, and I just wanted to hear her thoughts on what I do, what we do as real estate investors, because I think for a lot of you out there, uh, this could be interesting. If you're not an investor, you may have a lot of the same share, a lot of the same thoughts, myths misperceptions perhaps as as she does and she knows i mean i've been an investor for over 10 years now we we do have you know conversations here and there about what we do nothing in depth at this point but um we've talked about it here and there and you know we talked a little bit about some of the 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 misperceptions she's had some of the hurdles in her brain she's thought about investing just never taken that that step and I asked her, I said, you know, my next question, I said, what, what, do you th- what do you think my main job, Andy's main job is as a real estate investor? And I found this one interesting. Um, and this will tie into a question I had for her as well about how much time I spend as an investor, say weekly. And she thinks, or, or her, her idea was, you know, maintaining the asset, dealing with maintenance in essence, right? Which, which again, as a renter, she, she was focused on the maintenance at her community where she rented back, you know, decades ago. And she was pleased with the way the operator where she lived operated. Now, she continues to harbor that misconception of the slumlord that doesn't do that. That goes back to the media and all the bad information that is out there, the myths, the legends, etc., but she thinks that's what I do is is largely maintaining the asset, protecting the the asset. And really, at this stage where I've got a larger portfolio that has retired me, allowed me to exit corporate America, that's not what I do. Yes, that is part of my job description, I suppose, if you want to put it that way. But my job now is to find the next investment, whether that's an, a single family house or passive multifamily apartment investment. It's to keep that money turning. It's to get those proceeds out 
through cash out refinance. We talked about that last week and reinvest. It's to continue to keep that money turning. The faster I can turn it, the better. I don't want to sit on a lot of debt equity. That's a very big loss maker. So yes, there is some day-to-day -day sort of stuff, I suppose, maintenance or whatever as it may come up. Now, again, we go in, we fix up the properties up front, so that's at a minimal um, dealing with the occasional, you know, we'll go into the, the property tax protest season. I do that on my own. Yes, that's true. Uh, the release uh, season, etc. I self-manage, so that drives a lot of what how I spend my time. But my big focus now, and yours as a real estate investor when you get to a certain point, is to find that next investment. And again, to go back to my interview with Rick from a couple of weeks ago, that he, he stated that as much as well. He has a property manager. He has, I forget, 28 doors, I think he said, uh, primarily here in North Texas, acquiring a few more in Florida. And he just hands it over to a property manager so he doesn't have to think about the day-to-day. -day, and he can just focus on continuing to grow, to invest. That really is your main job as an investor. Now to that question of time, a corollary question, I said, well, how much time do you think I spend? And she said, I don't know, probably 30 to 40 hours a week. <laughs> that is a full-time job. And that is very, very far from the truth. I do self-manage, which does mean I have to touch these a little bit more than Rick, who has a property manager. But it is far, far, far from 30 to 40 hours, maybe a couple hours, if that. And where I spend a lot of my time is more on the financial and, and accounting side, uh, reporting type stuff, but that's my background in, in finance. So it's not, it's a common misconception out there is the amount of time I have to dedicate to this business. It is passive income for a reason. Even for a guy like me that self-manages, I'm very hands-off. That's why I can travel in the RV bunker and manage a, a double-digit portfolio of houses from the road. Now, if you think about passively investing in apartments, how involved am I there? Not at all. I checked my bank account this morning and saw a distribution had hit from one of our passive investments. That's it. Mailbox money, ACH money at this point. So if you're thinking, like my sister was thinking, 30 to 40 hours a week, she said, you know, probably from anywhere four to 10 properties, it takes that long. I said, no, 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 no. Nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like that at all. But that's a very common misconception. The other common misconception that she and I talked about is I said, how much money do you think it takes to buy a, a single family rental house? She immediately thought about all the new builds going up in her neck of the woods there in Florida. And they're building like crazy, just, just like we're building like crazy here. She said, well, I don't know, $400,000, whatever the down payment is on that. Really, she had no idea. Now, I want to set you straight here. If you're buying right, and if you're following the right model, the way we buy here, again, I mentioned this a moment ago, we buy those distressed assets and we don't use conventional financing. In most cases, we'll use something called hard money. It's a bridge loan, a construction loan, because the asset is distressed and needs repairs. We fix it up and then we refinance into long-term debt. And through that process, my out-of-pocket on any given house may be, uh, Rick said last week or two weeks ago, at the national level, they're seeing anywhere from 15, I think he said to $35,000 out of pocket. That's about what I'm seeing right now. It's a little bit higher in Dallas. It's a little bit lower in Houston. It's a little bit lower in San Antonio. So again, the market does make a difference. So if you're working with a different amount of capital, if your capital pool, pool is a little bit thinner, go to those markets where it makes sense. Live where you want, invest where it makes sense. It's, it's that, it really is that simple. But a lot of people think it's going to take a lot of cash. 
a lot of people think, I mean, we don't buy $400,000 new builds. That is that, that will not make a good rental. We're trying to find a tenant pool, a resident base that is working class America, middle, middle class America, and that's not a $400,000 house. So that's just a, a few of the questions. We, we talked about a number of other things. It was very interesting for me to hear her perspective. And I've talked with non-investors over the years, people that tell me, oh, I could never do that. That's, uh, that's too scary. Tenants, taxes, and toilets. There are all kinds of hurdles that you have in your head. And I would encourage you, make a list, just write them down and get educated. Why do I think it's going to take me $100,000 to buy a house? Why do I think I'm going to have a tenant calling me about a toilet at midnight on a Tuesday? If you're operating right, you won't. But as you work through education, and that was, a, in fact, I asked her that question as well. Is there some kind of special knowledge that you think I have that you don't, that you would need to successfully invest? And she threw out a whole, again, a little laundry list of things, but ultimately it boils down to education. I want you to get out there and start learning about how we are good operators. That story about the slumlord, the fire, the toilets, midnight, tenants, taxes, etc. And a lot of those things are myths. Can they happen? Yes. If you're a good operator, you mitigate a lot of risk and, and, and you'll find these are non, these are non issues, but because you don't know, and in order to become successful investors, we said, we're going to do this thing. We went to the free workshop. We went to the two day financial freedom seminar where we learned about investing in single family houses on day one. That's that fire hose. Learned about investing in apartments on day two, day two of the fire hose and continued to go to as many seminars and events as we could. A lot of these are available to you now virtually. You can do these online. So if you're not in Texas, you have access. You can go to the case studies. You can do all of these things that we're talking about online and build that education, but it's, it's pivotal. It, it really is important to create success in this, in this space. So in preparing for the coming year, the big message is make a plan. How am I going to become educated? Now, I mentioned a minute ago the, the Wealth and Passive Income Expo. That's a great place to go. If you can get down to Irving, Texas this coming year, uh, last year the Wealth and Passive Income Expo was in Houston. This year it's going to be here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That's going to be February 15th through the 18th. There's so much going on there. There are thousands of investors. Another thing I like to talk about is building your network. It's very, very important to your success as an investor. Well, what better place to be in than at the Expo? I can't tell you, I go to this thing every year and I, I get so many contacts, so many leads, so many apartment investors that I now know because I've, I've taken the time to go here and build that network. But a big piece at the expo is as well, a lot of breakout sessions. So if education is on your list of goals for the coming year, that's a great place to go. If you, I want you to check out the website, wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. You can learn more there. I'm going to tell you, I was just looking at uh, the passes. There are six different types six or seven different types, six different types of passes, four of those are sold out. Four of those are already sold out. So we've got two, uh, two packages left available. So um, act now. I mean, we're, we're still a couple of months out, a month and a half or so uh, for the expo. Again, that's going to be here in Irving, mid-February 2023. Go to wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. But you'll find as you sit through the breakout sessions, I remember going to one a year or two ago that was on leasing. And I learned a lot. I've been doing this for 10 years, but I learned a lot by listening to a professional property manager that does leasing and that does property management. So I filled in, maybe I had a few gaps. So I sat in and, and filled in those gaps. And there are other, other topics you'll find at that session or at that expo as well. Very, very important. And as you become educated, something else you'll see or find that you have gaps in 
is what we call our team. And investing in real estate is, it's not a lone wolf sport. It's not something you do by yourself. Now, I, I meet people all the time that do try to do this on their own, find the property on their own, contract it on their own, do the renovations on their own. And this just leads to a lot of time. So when my sister says, hey, I think it probably takes you 30 to 40 hours a week. Well, that person probably spends 30 to 40 or more hours a week because they're trying to do it all on their own. So for 2023, something else you can do to prepare, aside from working on that education, aside from getting that capital, that 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 cash together, is building that power team. And I'm not going to go into a, a lot of the how you do that right now on this show. If you go to our, again, our website, lifestylesunlimited.com, if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a search bar. Just type in uh, keywords, team, power team, building a team, something like that. I've done shows on this, Al Gordon, Mike Harris, and we, we've all done shows on this very topic that you can now go back and, and listen to. And of course, when you come to Lifestyles Unlimited, this is one of, this is one of the classes that we have as well, is, is building that, that team. One of our mentors did a, a, a virtual class on this just a few just a few months ago. Of course, building a team, that may differ for the single-family investor versus, say, multi-family investor if you're, if you're a syndicator. There's lots of overlap, but um, you need to learn the difference, and you need to decide, what, what, what am I? Am I am I going to buy houses or am I going to am I going to do do apartments? But again, go to our website and, and and find some of those those prior shows. And last thing I want to mention in the space of getting ready for 2023 in terms of building is again building that network. I mentioned this a moment ago. I can't tell you how many leads on houses I've gotten thanks to my network, thanks to other investors, investors that had the capital but wanted to deploy it into multifamily. Said I'm done with houses. Andy, you want this deal? Yeah, I'll take it. Or when I've been looking at apartments, where do I go to get a little more information on that syndicator? I go to my network. So very, very important, no matter whether you want to do single or multifamily in the coming year, build that, build that network. And again, that expo, great place to go. Come out to our case studies uh, for Lifestyles Unlimited. Just get out in your community. Find a, find a local REI, that's Real Estate Investor Group or Meetup. You can find those on meetup.com, but, but start to build that that network. I can't tell you again, back to building team, finding contractors. That is a very, very key place for me to go when I need that backup plumber, electrician, whatever you may be looking for. That's the first place I go is that network. So you want to have that in place. And finally, thinking about the coming year, you want to set a plan. What are your goals? Is it single? Is it multifamily? Determine your, your investing criteria around that. And, and that takes me to the final part of the show, which is goals. And, and you should absolutely set goals. It allows you to track your progress. If you don't have any goals, it, you're, you're more, you're shooting from the hip. You kind of got this fuzzy feeling in your gut. Well, I, you know what were we talking about back in January? I, th- I kind of think we're on, on track. I don't know. You, you want to sit down, put goals in writing. And, and commonly, if you look this up online, you'll find common advice is SMART goals. SMART is an acronym that stands for specific. The goal needs to be specific, not, not fuzzy measurable, something you can check in a month or two, attainable, realistic, right? Those kind of are the same for me. Uh, And time bound, you need to put a deadline on these things. Um, Otherwise, that can just languish and go out ad infinitum. I'm going to buy a house. When, when are you going to buy that house? Put these in writing, make them smart, and revisit them regularly. Are you performing to those goals? 
Now, are you scared to set down goals because what happens if you get halfway through the year and you don't think those goals apply to you any longer? That's okay. That's okay. In fact, my wife and I, we ran into that. We sit down, we check these regularly, and we, we did that. We sat down and, and, and discussed our direction, and we, we came to the realization mid-year that these goals are not quite what we want. We want, at least right now, to go in a different direction. You know, back in January, here's what I laid out. If you, if you caught the show then, I said, we're going to buy one single family house per quarter. That's four in the year. We're going to do two passive multifamily investments, and we're going to invest in a small multifamily solo deal just by ourselves as an independent owner. How did we wind up the year? Well, we, we got those first two single family in the first two quarters. That's great. But we stopped there. We started pursuing that small independent rental owner deal, made some offers, you know, stuff like that. Very educational, but we stopped that process. How about the two passive investments in, in multifamily? Yeah, we got those. But boy, we hit that out of the water. This is where we shifted our focus. We decided we, our goals are changing as a family with our little son. We want to travel more. We want to be less hands-on. We want more passive activity. So we more than doubled our original goals in terms of multifamily subscriptions. We just took our capital. We put it somewhere else. The point is this. Don't be afraid to set goals because now they're set in stone. I have to do this thing. You can set them, revisit those regularly, and as the year proceeds, see if circumstances, maybe they've changed. Maybe, maybe your vision has changed. That's that's what happened with us. Our our goals as a family and, and for our family, at least in the immediate year now and in the next couple of years, that has shifted. And that's okay. Your life has changed. And if you need to make changes to your goals, that's perfectly okay. And that's exactly what we did. We retooled those about middle of the year. We had them in writing. We said, you know what? Stop, stop, check, check, or cross, cross. We're not doing that one. But we put them in writing. We reevaluated on a regular basis, had the SMART goals. They were time-bound. They were measurable. Do the same, please. And then revisit those and recalibrate if you have to. And going back to what I said around education, put that as one of your goals. If you're not already a real estate investor for my sister, right? that's the conversation I would have with her before she returns the floor is, hey, if you're, real ser if you're serious about this thing, let's she sets goals. I asked her, do you set goals? She said, I absolutely do. Um, I said, that's great. That's a good thing to do. And if this is really a direction you want to go in, let's, set, so let's work together. Let's get those set in writing and get you on the right path. And you can do the same. Hey, I thank you for listening. You have a great year in the coming year. You've been listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle.
The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.